Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today we'll be discussing two films by Leigh Whannell. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Lee Whannell. I don't know why I got <laughs> my shitty pronunciation. Lee Whannell. Lee Whannell. Uh, he directed and wrote both of these, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so we'll um, be going over. And the Invisible Man. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. I want to go over Upgrade first because it is the shorter movie. Yeah. And it is the less costly. And in all honesty, uh, how to say it, how to put into words, uh, the one that came before this. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. yeah, you had The Invisible it, Man in 2020. So this year. And then you got Upgrade you had, in 2018. Yeah. This is my second time viewing this movie. I was fortunate to catch it in theaters when it came out. Same. And I had a fun time with it. Uh, I love that it's considered a cyberpunk action body horror crime thriller. That's like the most crazy that's, combination that's of things. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, it, I, I've never seen a cyberpunk movie like this. Yeah, before, same. Think. The thing is, uh, when we went to the theater and we saw, I went with my friend Levi, we went and we we're like, all right, well, let's see how futuristic this is. And then we see like the entire shot of the city we're like oh shit this is futuristic as hell what the right. fuck i mean they're, they're all living in somewhat of a police state too because you got police drones yep. uh checking in on people too it's kind of weird uh it's australian isn't it like an australian film yeah yeah lee Winnell is is from australia and it was filmed and shot on location in the land down under as they say <laughs> hell yeah all right so what are some good production things that we should know from this film? Uh, directed and written by Lee Winnell, of course, but it stars uh, Logan Marshall Green as our main character, uh, Greg Trace. Um, I believe Logan Marshall Green was in some stuff that was somewhat worthy. Um, he plays our main character and antagonist of the film. He was like in the OC. He was in Traveler. He was also in Prometheus and Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, he was the shocker guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like, soon enough, you're going to put this thing on your hand and call yourself the shocker. And then yeah, he dies. That's great. <laughs> <coughs> just kind of um, like smaller ish roles. Right, right. I think this was like one of the first times that he had a really main part right. on it. This is also uh, got- uh, Blumhouse Productions. And they yeah. made a lot of horror films. Same with uh, The Invisible Man. They both went through Blumhouse. Yeah. Um, well, supporting actually, them, we have Melanie Vallejo. Yeah. As exactly. Asha Trace, his lovely wife. <laughs> and we have uh, Steve Danielson as Jeff Hanley. Uh, yes. And then I think, other than that, Benedict Hardy as Fisk, the main antagonist, other than, you know. Oh, actually, wait. Where is the credit? Betty Gabriel is Detective Cortez. Yes. yes. She is in a lot of horror films, too. Uh, yeah, I thought I recognized her. She seems to have appeared in a lot of different things, which is cool. She has that recognizable face. Yeah, she's, you know, she's just notable for being that extra character in fucking pretty much the horror movies. I believe she was in Get Out. She played Georgina. Yes. She played uh, Lainey in Purge election year as well. Um, so she's just kind of like, you know, just the main cop in this trying to figure out what's going on with these murders. Yeah. Um, 
other than that, the movie comes in at, at a clock in time at one hour and 40 minutes. Uh, and I don't know. What, what, what are your initial thoughts on viewing this film, guys? Uh, it wasn't what I expected it was. And, it's, and that happened with both films. It was just not what I was expecting. I went into Upgrade with not much knowledge of what it was. And I had just seen the the preview where you see the guy like inserting bullets into his forearm and just has like a gun built into his hand. So I was like, yeah, that's enough to get me interested to go watch it. And then it just turned out to be like this super sad movie at the beginning. And then it completely flips as soon as this anonymous donor is like, hey, you want me to like help you fix your body? And, and then it just goes fucking insane from there. I got to say... I agree with that. <laughs> like, it's just, it kicks into high gear, like, right at the beginning of the film, not even, like, 15, 20 minutes into the film, and then it's just nonstop from there. Uh, were you going to say something, Mitch? Yeah, yeah, my my own initial thoughts on the movie it, itself. I mean, I didn't know anything about um, the upgrade, like, at all. I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't really spend too much time. I read, like, the first... 10 words in the description of the movie and i was just like fuck it i'll watch it whatever and just see what it is what's all what it's all about and i watched it and it was amazing um it was so good i i I don't know i i really like the premise of um i guess i guess it has like that body horror aspect but it's the most cyberpunk film i think i've ever seen it's i I can't recall anything (laughs) i've seen that's as cyberpunk as this movie is it's the most cyberpunk revenge movie on the market for sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, we, we got, like, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Akira or Blade Runner. I mean, those are technically cyberpunk films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, you're right. But this, but this one, one is, like the... is really dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's this... really it's really dark. It does a good analysis of, like, the goods and the bads of, like, cybernetic technology on yeah. people. And, uh, like, the fears that and, like, the benefits that come with that technology. And it deals a lot with that. Like after this, like you question if you even want like a self-driving car. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like it does get into those nitty gritty discussions about uh, cybernetic upgrades within humans. If are they a good thing? Should we keep them? What if they backfire as well as stuff like self-driving cars and electric, uh, electric cars, kind of like the, the new Teslas that drive themselves. Cause they were coming out around the same time of this movie. Um, on the market. Uh, I will say that we do have two production notes that I can actually talk about. Um, yeah, go for it. One was that the, the budget was actually, I got three. The budget was $3 million and it made 17 million in the box office. So for a horror movie and for a cyberpunk movie that looks this clean yeah. for $3 million, I'm pretty fucking impressed. I am too. They must have really gotten someone who knew what the fuck they were doing. Dude, like it it to me like a cyberpunk movie has to have a grandiose like scale with like uh different corporations and neon lights and like pinks and blues and gets that like <laughs> feel. And this movie gets it right on a super fucking cookie cutter budget if I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they showed you just enough to convince you that there was a larger world. So they, like, managed to show you scale by only showing you certain bits of their world, which is really cool. We are supposed to be in the year 2047 when this comes out. Every movie is always um, so optimistic about what the fuck we're going to be doing in a couple years, and it's never like that. 
they made a really good use of uh it had, it had really good pacing as well for such a for such right. a grandiose world with so much going on in it um it, it did a really good job of getting right to the point being very brisk in its pace and getting to like the meaty points of the story while also just like sprinkling in the details that need to be there um it really does especially like the first time you watch it you don't know where you're going the second time you watch it you're like okay now i'm catching on the details that are like protruding to that um i will say though we do have a cinematic first uh for this though this used a very specific kind of camera to get the action scenes that were fucking top notch we have a gyroscopic camera uh hell yeah like pretty much locked on to motion sensors within the main character gray and this is what lee winnell wanted to do as well as the cinematographer they wanted super crazy like over-the-top action scenes that like you are in the perspective of gray doing these flips breaking these hands cutting these faces and uh you could see it in the invisible invisible man later in his future work but much more precise and clean cut in upgrade you know they used it for super fast-paced fighting and the invisible man it was a lot more subtle uh but most notably in the ward scene when our main character i believe her name was uh what was it cecilia yeah when she is exiting the hospital so lee winnell had a the gyroscope thing used on a robotic arm uh he basically tried it out on upgrade and then basically polished it up for his use on the invisible man all right yeah i I think that's really cool um another noteworthy thing i know that they only had one head to use for the suicide kill at the top of the stairs so they had to get that shot right oh damn Um, you know where he the guy uh gray basically forces the guy to shoot himself in the face yeah Yep, with his gun arm. The best kills in the movie. Too. Yo, so that was all practical effects then. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? They are all pra- practical. It should be noted that Lee Winnell wrote Saw along with James Wan okay. uh, back in 2003. Yeah. And so them being these big horror guys, they know practical effects. I mean, Saw for its practical effects is basically, I mean, it's torture porn that everyone says, but they got the blood, they got the guts, they know what they're doing. The first one was iconic, though. It was like, it set the precedent for a lot of other films that came after it. Plus, it was made on, like, an insanely small budget in one single room. That's why I think Saw, number one, has so much going for it. Yeah. Uh, Number two is up there with me, in my opinion. Uh, then they trace off right after that. Yeah, uh, Saw was something I was super into, but it's really cool because we're seeing a progression of Lee Winnell going from screenplay writer and actor to director and uh, just doing more screenplays. He's getting better and better. Yeah, he's director writer now, and he's doing a good job. Um, after, yeah, I mean, like after releasing The Invisible Man, he's gonna get some more attention because that movie made so much money, and it's it's really good. <laughs> definitely um do you guys want to talk about some plot points on upgrade what you thought about them uh yeah so so at the beginning it brought up a really important thing that was kind of going to make you question what's going to happen in the future of 
like cybernetic enhancements like what are the ethics of putting in a cybernetic enhancement into someone who's paralyzed and that can include so many things like uh is it only going to be available to people who are rich uh people who are like not so rich are they going to get like cheaper prosthetics and then on top of that are they like hackable like what happens to the main character where the little uh computer inside of it kind of just takes control of his body so like there's this raises the question of would the government use this kind of technology to like hack people and so that's was like one of the biggest things that i was thinking about and like wanted to ask you guys do you think that it would just almost immediately go bad if we had actual like cybernetic enhancements you know um reading the cyberpunk uh player's handbook <laughs> from the role-playing game yeah yeah it seems fucking dope as shit at first glance right. right yeah getting like oh dude imagine if i have a gps in my fucking arm what if i could basically buy stuff in my wrist what if i could sh- shoot shotgun shells through my fucking <laughs> yo that's my wild fucking forearm i, I want to know the, like the mechanics of that so is there like a tube on the inside that goes all the way to like his palm and then there's just like a firing pin somewhere like in his forearm like how does it because because he like he does like the pumping action like with his arm so like yeah he does so like what is the what's the mechanism in his hand that's letting him do i was just interested i was like can you like show me a break apart of this like i wish they would have done like one of those scenes that where it's like a throwaway scene where they're like yeah check this out and it's like a blueprint they did have the autopsy, but that yeah. was about it. Yeah, they were just um, like, hey, he has a gun in his arm. Like, check this out. But they it, didn't really explain like, Check it. out this illegal firearm within this man's hand. Yeah. That's a good point, too, is that it was illegal. Like, that technically is not something that everyone should have, but it's it's possible in their future. Right. And the thing is, the main antagonist of the film, Fisk, he's upgraded as shit and even yeah. said he was an experiment for the army once he left. I mean, he has so many fucking powers dude <laughs> yeah that's a fuck he had so many i was trying to think of like how, just how many and it almost made it seem like he wasn't as human anymore because he had so many enhancements right we have the scene where he kills the main character's wife yeah was um, in front of him and like in the scene you don't see him hold the gun and he's not holding a gun once it pans over. It's in his arm. Yeah, that's how he gets away, technically, with, like, the murder. You've also got the parallel of, like, an arms race here, too. <laughs> Pun intended. I know that I'm, like, just not coming into this, but you've got the parallel of the of an arms race with these with these people because all of these, like, cybernetic people are, like, viewing themselves as better than each other or above one another. Oh, which okay. Is what, which is what Finn does. Right. And they constantly upgrade themselves so that they completely leave the concept of humanity behind. Right. Be better than human. And, and, and if you even think about it, the, the person who was hacking for Grey, uh, they were, you know, basically telling gray like we can't let them win you know right i mean these people behind me are doing vr and god knows how long they've showered how long it's been since they've showered uh, but yo, we can't let wild. them win i also love that sh- that uh they're like please don't ask my gender oh, <laughs> oh yeah that was super funny she's like well you shouldn't fucking what was it? oh my god what was it like by by something by numeral me or something like that I can't remember what I can't remember what the words. Yeah, they were just like, "Please don't ask me my gender." He's like, "I wasn't planning on it." Yeah. 
um, yeah. This also makes me think of the idea that in some way it might go the opposite. So there may be people who are sort of purists and wouldn't want to put any sort of enhancements in themselves. So I wonder if this would translate to uh, people who like, again, like the difference in classes where it's like, if somebody has more money, they don't have the need to enhance themselves, AKA they're going to be like the purest human and like mm -hmm. other, other uh, futuristic, like cyberpunk things get at this idea where they don't necessarily have to enhance themselves because they have so much money that they can take care of themselves. Or you watch something like um, Altered Carbon where they have like sleeves, like they just switch bodies because they have their like their entire existence on these little uh, discs that go like in the back of their neck. So there's yeah. just, there's so many things that it makes me think about that are just subtly put into the background and directly affect the main plot point, which is... Uh, what exactly is the technology going to enable people to do? And in this case, he was able to like get revenge, but he didn't realize what like that cost was for him. Going back on what you said, um, I mean, it's a quote from a grime song, but she says, <laughs> are you really living if you're not backed up on a drive? Oh, well, <laughs> what? Explain, <Yeah>. please. <laughs> Uh, there's a song uh, by Grimes, the techno artist, yeah. where called "We Appreciate Power," and oh, okay. uh, the so the lyric in the song basically says, um, "Where is it? It's right here." So, okay, and if you long to never die, baby, plug in, upload your mind. Come on, you're not even alive if you're not backed up on a drive. <laughs> oh okay gotcha so the thing is there's always going to be uh a good amount of people who, who will reject these cybernetics i was talking to my friend noah about this um we're in a weird area of our lives where cybernetics are a possibility right and are being currently worked on um but i believe what you're going on that they would be abused uh by governments and I believe that they would be abused by hackers to oh, yeah. do something. Imagine you having your entire savings fund in your arm and someone at will forcing you to move those funds into their arm or something like that. Yeah. Or then Gun just to head. literally taking your arm because it's valuable. Or literally just like, oh, hey, there's a kill button on you because I know how much your heartbeat is. <laughs> Yo, that's wild. <laughs> um, there's a big, uh, there is a big thought especially with the coronavirus going around, there's a lot of conspiracies about um, yeah. the virus being a cybernetic. And it's having a lot of Christians in arms right now because they believe it is the mark of the beast. Which, <laughs> well, they're I convinced mean, that Bill Gates had some sort of hand in it because he's trying to get people microchipped, which is a hilarious uh, uh, theory, or what is it? A uh, conspiracy theory. It, well, he is he is at the helm for ID twenty twenty. That yeah. is true. Yeah. So like, and the th that's what they're saying. They're they're trying to connect the two. And the thing is, with Denmark right now, I don't know if you ever heard about what's going on in Denmark. People are getting microchipped right now yeah. um, to show that they either do or do not have the virus. And if you like, don't like the main thing about what Christians believe is that if this turns out like the way it is and it has the mark of the beast. Uh, what it says in the book of Revelations is that you're not going to have basically the uh, a way to buy food, a way to 
go through sales, a way to access funds or have housing. Basically, you will need the enhancement to do anything. And if you take the enhancement, your soul is damned to hell. <laughs> um, so right now with the coronavirus, it's putting a lot of people on edge about cybernetics, a lot of Christians and fundamentalists. I bet. Um, at the same time, you have a lot of people who are just don't really give a fuck. And they're just like, dog, give me that. Give me that shit. Upgrade me, man. <laughs> That's true. Actually, I was going to ask you guys uh, if at some point in our future we were given the option to get some cybernetic enhancements, would you do it? I don't think I would. It could be anything. Just anything you can think of. Would you do it? Like better eyes, you know, stronger arms, legs, things like that. In a fantasy-esque world, I w would say yes, but the humanity inside me has to say no. Hmm. What I about you, Mitch? I feel weird about putting something like that in my body. Yeah? Yeah. I'm worried uh, about tattoos, dude. Uh, like, I don't even, I don't even, like, I don't even get tattoos. Like, I've never gotten a tattoo before. Interesting. It's, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. I mean, I what about, I mean, like, the thing is, it does sound nice. I mean, the ability to walk faster, stronger, <laughs> do all kinds of stuff, see farther. Uh, it is always, you know, an enhancement. I'm the complete opposite. I would not care. Uh, you can upload me to a computer and put me in a robot and I'll be chill because I wouldn't have to worry about eating and shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I would I, I would totally be fine with having my, my brain or my consciousness in, like, a fucking jar and be able to do other shit because, uh, I don't know, man. Like, it just doesn't really – I don't feel like the, the whole of who I am is connected to, like, just my body. Like, I think it's just about – who like I am like sort of more on the inside and thinking and processing on that sort of I mean, level. So I mean, just, just disconnecting from that, brain. disconnecting from you that would be easier. Brain. Yeah. You are your brain though. <laughs> so that's, that's, so that's, and, that's, and that's fine. If you have yeah. that and then if you were to be put into, if I were, if, if I had to lose my entire body and then I could have my brain put into like a mechanical device that allows me to walk around and do stuff. Yeah. That, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I'd be fine. It's, I, I don't want to be stuck in a jar where all I do is look out to the outside. Right, world. yeah. I go insane. As you far as like, with... like enhancements that I would get, I would totally uh, fix my eyes because I can't see for shit. And so I would. Uh, you guys, you guys have seen a was it Ghost and Shell? Yeah. That like not exactly how his look, but the 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 her sidekick dude. I can't remember his name. Uh, but he has like pretty much enhanced eyesight that like also is hooked up to like information so like he kind of has like the internet in his eyeballs that seems pretty good i would probably consider that yeah i'd probably do some shit like that but at the same time um what I, how i feel about it is that uh, a soul is bonded to a body interesting and no matter what uh we we are this what is that meme that we shared like three months ago you are um <laughs> A ball of gray matter inside that. of a skull, a skeleton mech with a fucking flesh upgrade or some uh, shit. A, like a, fle that. a flesh shielding or like a, a... flesh shield. <laughs> so the yeah, thing is, I great. think the soul and the body are a connected thing. I wouldn't want to alter the body that oh. it would have a way to ruin my soul, technically. Interesting. Um, but the thing is, if I didn't feel that way, I mean, fuck it'd be pretty tight to be able to run faster like, and well, guys, climb fucking walls. The real question is, would you put a fucking gun in your arm? Cause I sure as fuck would. Dude. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Now, now here's the, here's the real question though, John. What kind what of caliber? <laughs> what caliber, yes, exactly. what caliber you're running? Fucking shotgun, of course. Yeah. What the I fuck? You can't wanna, aim I, with that. I, what are you gonna bring your arm up to your run... face? Uh, yeah, I mean that whole face is gone. You know, it's just pulp. No, no. I'm saying like if you put a like a more precise caliber of bullet in there, how the fuck are you supposed to aim that? Like you bring your full arm up, like. No, just get a shotgun and spray it in one direction. You don't got to worry about it. Yeah, just like fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, some sort I of buckshot. I don't like. That's the thing. It's like I don't even care if I'm aiming anymore. And how does the recoil go, dude? Is your your hand doesn't go back, does it? Uh, Barely. I didn't see their arm move, honestly. But I feel like it just, should. Just a little. Just a little bit. Uh, maybe if you uh, if you like place your feet correctly, you, it wouldn't really do it. Yeah. Grab your um, wrist. I don't know. <laughs> We should we should get back to plot points though. So Gray is Gray is paralyzed, right? He does, uh, and he yeah. he doesn't like the c- cybernetic world. I mean, he is a he is a very analog man, right? And his they, girlfriend they, they drives push that like an autom- too, Yeah, his his wife drives an uh, automatic car. He works on hot rods. He's a mechanic. She, she listens to music throughout the house. He listens to vinyl. She wants to construct a pizza. He wants to make a pizza. <laughs> and there is a really good shot, though, um, where he fucks his hand up in the beginning of the movie working on his car, and he licks his uh, his bloody wound. And at the end of the movie, when Stem takes over completely and he's in that daydream, Stem takes the knife out of his hand and licks his hand. Weird. Symboli- symbolizing that like full transition from gray to gray. <laughs> uh so i don't know if maybe i missed it at some point but that program that was inside of him did it it just went like uh on its own right like it ignored its creator and everybody else and it was just like i want to do my own thing mm-hmm. right okay i, yeah, I thought bas- so yeah it basically it basically what happened was it um aaron attempted to shut it down yeah uh, the device knew that that was going to happen, took him to the hacker, basically got the protections taken off of it to where it did not need permission to do anything. And then from there, it viewed Aaron as a threat to itself, yes. a threat to the body, and so therefore went after him. That is basically what it was. It was a, both, of, both of these movies tonight had a huge fucking twist in them. Like, yeah. Like this one, this one in particular had like three, like three twists in it. Just, You're like, oh I, shit, is this guy? No, it's not. It's actually this guy. No, it's not. It's actually this guy. Yeah. And then you, you, you start to second guess yourself. And then uh, when I watched this movie in theaters, we talked to a random bystander, and he's like, you know, I go to the movies like every day. I watch a new movie every day, and he's like, I just hate it when I go to the movies though, and I watch a movie and it just makes me feel like shit at the end of it. Oh. And sure enough, we we were watching Upgrade, and he was like, "Well, there's another one for the list, boys." <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a it's a sad ass ending. It does that. not end well yeah. at all, man. Yeah, it, he's it's fucked. definitely like like technology completely wins. Yeah, and then it makes you yeah, wonder about what's gonna happen. I mean, it turns out that the the stem he wants to be his own thing he doesn't want to be mass marketed and produced for the common man yeah exactly he wants to be his own thing and the only person that could make stem was its creator so he had to take out his creator in a really fun way to knife attached to hand just shoves it into his head <laughs> uh yeah that's true huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly, I have to really, I have to really commend the, um, the choreography in this movie. Yes, really like, well really done. Be, for for well, I mean, just for having like this was like one of the few times I've watched fight scenes where there's a very definite style and it's very robotic in this one. Yeah, there's he's not a lot of like I couldn't pin it down to like a specific martial art or anything like that. It's simply just something reacting in the most optimal way possible yeah exactly that's like, what i was that's gonna say all it is it, it, but it's oh man it's, it's great it's calculated and that's how, how good it looks well he did s- the main actor did such a good job of making it seem like he was not in control of his own body which is like that yeah. must have been so hard to do but it it it's so good that it's comical at some point where like yeah. his body like with is, the dishes yeah like it's just doing oh, like God, basic shit but also, like, when he's in the bar and he's just violently murdering people and he's, like, closing his eyes and being like, oh, no, like, I just, no, I, please, I don't want to <laughs> and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Thanks. And then he, like, like snaps an actor. Yeah. I love, like, I know for, he, oh, my God, when he walks up the stairs and there's the two people and you just are waiting for him to walk in through the door. Right. And he just walks in and his head is down, like, he's looking at his feet and he just, and, like, he, the both of the people are just shot without him even looking. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Like, I will say uh, Logan Marshall Green was practicing for about three weeks on how to walk like a robot and would Weird. send footage to Lee Winnell and be like, hey, how's it looking? And he's like, uh, you can do this a little bit better. He's like, okay, okay, okay. Damn. And basically he had to train his body to, like Mitch said, work in the most optimal way that a yeah. computer would. Um, I think it's really funny, though, with the first initial fight scene where he's just like getting his ass handed to him and he's like, I can take over now, gray stab, take over. And then like the, the gyroscope flips where with gray, he's like fucking amazing at killing. He's hitting the dude with the head. He's like, Oh God. And the guy goes to grab a knife. He's like, please just don't put, just put the knife back down. I don't want to hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and then I, I gotta, I gotta commend it for one of the greater kills in the, in the thing is when he gets the knife and just shoves it through the dude's fucking face. Yeah. Like Chelsea grin style, dude. Oh yeah. Nuts. And then he's like, I need you to remove all your fingerprints from the area. I don't remember what the fuck I touched. He's like, I have a, I have a recording of everything you've touched in this room. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> <laughs> goes back and cleans it all. What did you guys think of the scene where the rich dude in his self-driving like crazy tesla got hacked and like made to crash uh, i love that shit it was such a good that was such yeah. a good uh that was a great scene i love that scene it was good good uh clever it was very clever um i do think that the ending is appropriate though for the setting that he's in it's a cyberpunk future you're not going to win against big corporations or ai and in this case the ai is just way too powerful and has so much accessibility because of all the technology that's available so it's just it's like imminent that something is going to happen and it's going to get out it's kind of like uh what is that ex machina Mm. right have you seen have you both seen that Oh, I, yeah. I saw it once, I but it's been a while. So you know, uh, that's that's another one we should do yeah, an episode on. We gotta do, one. we gotta do that with. I believe it's a twenty four, right? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. God, what would go good with sense. with X Machina? Another. I mean, is it a cyberpunk style movie? I don't. I mean, could it's, you consider no. that a cyber? Uh, no, no, it's it's a sci fi thriller. I think more than anything. Yeah. Fucking, I don't something like 
something kooky like iRobot. I don't know. <laughs> iRobot. <laughs> actually, iRobot would not actually be a bad one. Uh, I mean, the one with Will Smith, right? Yeah. I like that movie, actually. I, I yeah, like it we'll a lot. Watch it. I'm down to do it. Yeah, that might work. We'll talk about it, and then we can pair it up. We'll, we'll pair it. It's more of a funny movie with a more serious movie. But anyway. Yeah. Back to Upgrade. <laughs> uh. the, the ending made sense. What did you guys think about the ending? Do you feel like it fit the theme and like kind of it left you with a gross feeling kind of like what the guy told you about where you're like oh, oh yeah. like this is it's just nothing <laughs> is good about this ending well here's the thing i th- i think it does uh a couple things right i mean the thing is gray being stuck in his own consciousness on a never-ending loop of him hanging out with his wife right that's where he wants to be that's where he wishes he could be he and, does um, put him in a nice place not gonna lie his the thing is, uh, Fisk even says, "Don't let your emotions get to you." His emotions got to him near the end of the movie, where he was trying not to kill Detective Cortez, and he really just wanted to be back into like back in his own life, hanging with his wife, and that's where he, uh, Stem put him. Yeah, exactly. Just left him in uh, his own mind, revisiting a memory that he had. So it's like that that really brings the question up of whether or not this AI is as evil as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't torture him. It didn't completely shut him out. It was like, I can put him in a place where he's going to be happy forever while I hijack his body. So it was just like, it's such a weird thing to do. It's it's an odd choice for a computer to make when the optimal thing would have been just to erase him and then take his body. Maybe he can't actually erase him. I guess this isn't really this isn't That's really true. explained. But he probably just, you know, I'll get rid of him. All he wants is his wife and to be happy forever. So I will just put him right. in a room and make him believe that she is still alive and it is a dream. Goodbye. Yeah. And that is it. That Easy. works. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's easier to do. The uh the self driving cars, by the way, were Honda Civics. That's hilarious. I love that. Or they just like do they just did they ever mm, yeah. allow? They allowed this to like, sure, you can use our voice. Yeah, we'll have them crash and get hacked and stuff. That'll help your sales. <laughs> yeah, I know. They must have had to hide so much stuff on it to like not give away that it's a Honda. <laughs> right. It looks nothing like. It looks more like one of those Tesla trucks, if anything. It really yeah. does. <laughs> so, um, I think it was well done. It's got good pacing for an action film, which usually will like peak in the middle of the movie and then kind of go down from there unless there's like a final battle. In this case, I, it did really well. Yeah, it, it didn't ever have that fall point really for yeah. me, I would say. I was very interested the whole time. Same. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And that's what I was saying for how like, I don't know, this movie came under a lot of people's radar. Yeah, it it wasn't like oh go see upgrade. It was just like hey the guy that made Saw made a cyberpunk movie, and there's a guy out. loading bullets into his arm. That's all you need to know. It was like when people went. What was that movie? Uh, Under the Skin, the one with Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. It was like when that mm-hmm. movie came out, people were like, you just Dude. you just got to watch it. We got to do that. That's we got to talk about movie. that movie. That's a good movie too. Yeah, it's fucked up, but like it's a good movie. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So. Uh, like when that came out, not a whole lot of people knew about it, but we go watch it and you're like, I don't know what I just watched. I had to watch that movie like three times to be like, what exactly is happening in this movie? <laughs> but, you know, uh, th- I think I think this is a good point to transition into talking about The Invisible Man. Of course. And before we go into that, I just want to mention that Upgrade's soundtrack is available on vinyl through Mondo Media. Oh, I shit. was able 
to talk to the owner of Mondo Media uh, when I was in Comic Con two years back. Yo, and we we talked about uh, basically how it is getting uh, all these crazy like grade A movies, how to get their rights to get vinyl made for them. Oh, and how he works with independent artists to get uh, alternate alternative artwork other than the, the films, you know, poster. And, uh, I had a really good talk with that guy and we talked about Castlevania for a good amount of that time. Mm. But, uh, I think his name is like something, uh, his name is M Fashik. He's a really cool guy. Uh, he works for Mondo media in their vinyl department. And he was telling me that he was really excited to, uh, you know, get the upgrade one out there. So it does have a really good soundtrack if vinyl is your taste. I know it's certainly mine. I have a pretty decent sized collection. Um, but yeah, on Mono Media, you are able to get this uh, soundtrack. Nice. And let's talk about The Invisible Man, because that movie is fucking dope. Yeah, talk about a sort of unique take on an already done, like overdone story. Like, The Invisible Man has been done so many times, and I thought it was going to be the same boring shit again. No, not at all. This is a completely different story from a completely different, like, take. And good for Elizabeth Moss for this movie. She's so fucking good in this movie. I, I it's, Oh, yeah. I've never seen... I mean, I've seen quite a few movies, but this one in particular really makes you feel fear. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a movie that The Strangers wishes it could have been. I think so, yeah. It was very much, like getting at the same idea and in this case it like upped the scare factor for something that you could not see for her and so it just ends up like you feel a whole lot of the anxiety that she's feeling the fear becomes real for you because you're just as blind as she is so like there isn't anything to indicate that the the people who are watching have like that um irony of knowing where something is and like most slasher films you know where the slasher is but in this case, you don't know anything. You know just as much as she does, and it makes you it makes you scared while you're watching it too. It, oh yeah, they did such a good job of like really playing with the concept of what is the slasher going to do. You could right, you could fuck someone's life up by just killing them, sure. But but no. isn't it better to like too turn easy. their friends against you and like the, you know instead like you know what yeah. I mean like convince the your your like best friend that you just beat their daughter for like um like shit like that like it's- so i gotta say we have like a little bit of a not really a trend but something going on here where we're viewing more into toxic relationships uh one with midsummer and now the invisible man coming out this year does not surprise um, me honestly this is so like this one was really good because they decided to put the perspective of an abusive relationship that she was escaping in the beginning and that being right. like the premise for why he became a stalker and was going to like hurt her and here, here's the thing like i think it plays with uh victims like ptsd like oh, if completely. you have had a you know an abusive relationship you don't come back from that the same yeah and so like everyone around her is just like yo you're just freaked oh out and the dude like committed suicide you're fine and she's like no there's something fucking here and you guys aren't yeah. fucking seeing it and i'm not fucking seeing it it's um, incredibly frustrating because it directly gives you the impression of what it's like to be an abuse victim and having no one believe you and that is like the one thing that this movie does is it makes you so frustrated because you know that she's getting attacked, but no one is listening to her. And it like takes almost all the way to the end of the film for someone to believe her. 
that's that's the crazy thing is you almost you also second guess what you believe yeah exactly too. are you she actually seeing the feet on that sheet <laughs> oh my god happening right now yeah like, you don't even like you and she's quite am i crazy is she crazy are they crazy you know like <laughs> and, it, and, and it, it it's so it does such a good job of getting in your head like that I heard someone call this gaslighting the, the slasher, and I, I was just like, oh, shit, Jesus uh, Christ. Damn. <laughs> damn, that's such a funny, that's so good. That's that's pretty, yeah, that's basically it. Um, I do have to say, though, that the film is too dark. Uh, I wish they would have figured out how to do better lighting because okay. there are some pieces of the film that I had to, like, close my blinds completely and be like, what the fuck is happening in the scene because it's so dark? When like, oh were you were you watching this like midday? I was watching in the middle of the day, and so like I had oh, to like okay. close my blinds and figure it out. And watching in the middle of the day did not change the fact that I still got nervous as hell watching it. But like oh fuck no. But like you want like we've talked about it before. Like you want a master class in lighting something? Go watch the lighthouse. It's black and white film all at night, and you can see everything clearly. That is like how you're supposed to do lighting on a film like that. So like for right. for this movie to be so dark, I was really annoyed because I like couldn't see details on certain things. I like turned up the brightness on my TV too. Well, here's the thing. This movie works well with its suspense and yes. Lee Winnell purposely put in scenes where they're staring at just blank hallways or oh, so empty good. rooms or spaces where the third, like the rule of the thirds yeah. are oh, like just prevalent. That's a good point. And you're like, am I supposed to be catching something right here or is it going to, is the guy in the room? But mm-hmm. the thing is, like, nobody knows. The only person that knows is Lee Winnell. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. No, 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 There is the very first scene in the movie where I know he, what does you're talking that, about. Where he does the silent pan of the room. Or not even a pan. He just looks at a room, and it's the knife. The knife disappears. That's the crazy one. It's the knife gets up off of the fucking the counter and disappears underneath, like, behind the counter. Wait. How did I miss oh. that? That that is the one where like when later she goes in the attic and it's in the Ziploc bag, right? Yes. Oh no, my no, god. One where she goes, they get pictures snapped of themselves. You see that little flash, like a camera yes. flash. And then in the scene, like a scene, like maybe like twenty minutes before that, it's in a kitchen. She's cutting up like mushrooms or something like that and cooking. Right. And then what happens is the knife go- goes off the counter and goes down behind the counter and disappears while she's gone. And then the heat on the stove gets turned up. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, the heat on the stove gets turned up, so that's why everything starts burning. And then she runs in there, like, "What the hell just happened?" Right. I don't know. Uh, so yeah. I love that Murr mentioned that the way he framed the shots. So like, this is a really good piece of like cinematography. So where you get to see what exactly is the director pointing you at, and in this case, because he's invisible, you had to notice the smallest details and what you were watching and it made you so paranoid every time you watched an empty room and so he made yeah. you watch an empty room for like 30 seconds to like a minute and you're like what's different right. what's different and so it's because like this is the kind of fear that you get when you're paranoid about something when you think someone's following you like you go up some stairs you close the room like you close the door on a dark room anything like that you become super paranoid that there's something there someone near you and they up this by having scenes where like she's outside and then you see the breath next to her yeah, yeah. so like shit Dude, like that, that really gets up. you like that's like the first yeah, time you so ever see him oh, yeah dude i that was that's what i was thinking like the the rule of the thirds and like the 
panning shots that are just stuck on something you're like left like scrambling in your mind like what the fuck is coming out where is he and he did this on purpose because like the interrogation yeah. scene with the cops yep um they he left the the corner of the room you know empty for a reason but lee Winnell was like no he's not in that corner i, I maybe I thought he was though yes well, yeah that's that's the thing i, I like uh i like yeah, exa- exactly. The movie, the movie fucks with you. It makes you think that he's somewhere and he'll be somewhere else. Or, uh, I mean, what what John was saying um, earlier, I didn't even notice like the breath next to her. I just noticed the knife, which it seems like somebody else here, like you guys, didn't notice the knife. That I did not notice the knife. Uh, yeah, it's I didn't, really I, subtle. It's cr- so weird. So, so that's crazy. That's the thing. You notice the knife. We notice yeah. the breath. That's yeah, so I crazy. I so yeah, I saw the knife it's really possible that you can watch this movie with someone else, notice something, and the person next to you is also not going to believe you. So this adds another layer of, oh man, like yeah. is this a reliable it's narrative? So meta. Like- <laughs> good shit dude yeah so really like it's a um it's really well done in that aspect of can you get the audience to fill in the blanks for you and in this case they are but the jump scares like when she kicked over the dog bowl dude oh my god that got me that already makes you nervous because she's sneaking out of his house and and the one where she just it just cuts to that the frying of the eggs and bacon like from a really tense scene yeah it's just it ups the scare factor so quickly like when the little girl gets like straight up punched yeah storm oh reed God. characters like what the Dude, fuck when they just did that when when he did that i i was just like oh shit this dude's playing the dirty game yeah it's he's playing the oh fucked God. up dirty game right now. and like, then he, he fucks with her even more because she takes away her architect uh paintings for the uh job interview with yeah. hey quote hey it's it's fisk man it's fisk from upgrade he's in this movie too <laughs> it's crazy benedict so... hart hardy doing the interview oh right so oh, that's funny th- oh that's funny that's why i recognize yeah him. that's oh, exactly why oh, damn. there's significant moments in the film that up the intensity for the film and it does not let up because it does something else again at that point. So like you have the, you have him stepping on the sheet. Yeah. Uh, you have him stepping on the sheet at the beginning. Then she like kind of gets shoved. Then you have the breath. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was the breath first, then the blanket, then her getting punched, then her throwing paint on him. The paint dude. That scared the fuck out of me watching that. Like he was right there in front of her. And then that's also when you realize that he's in a suit. Yeah. I was like, whoa, what are these crazy hexagon shapes? Yeah. He looks like a golf ball. (laughs) Like when it gets thrown (laughs) on his head and it's because it's all like little cameras. And then it got so close to going into this random sci-fi film. And then he managed to like wrangle the film back and be like, it's not about the suit. It's not about the suit. And then it's more about him like stalking her. And then brought it the film back to it, and it kept going on that line. So I was like, "Dang, that's really hard to do because people would have it been was, way too distracted with that." It was so intense with her trying to get her Uber driver. Oh my god, yeah, dude, I was like, "Fuck, fuck!" Is he in the car? Like, I was like, "Dude," I was like thinking, like, when she opened the car, did the dude just come in as well? Right. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like on her heels. Like he has to be like so close to her, um, and, and it just it just kept getting fucked up, killing her sister I, in front of everybody. Dude, that was that the was gnarliest fucked. kill. That was the gnarliest kill. And you're just like, I didn't even see that shit coming. 
and they're like coming back to terms. You think this is like a turning point? Yeah, exactly. Story, right? You're like, this sister's gonna fuck this guy up. Hell yeah! And all of a sudden, no, no, exactly. No. Yeah, all of a sudden, well, she's, she's dead and bleeding all over the fucking table. She's, she's she's staring at this floating knife while she's, she's trying she to hear her it. sister's testimony. Yeah, she's like she believes it across the throat. And the dude seamlessly puts it back into her hand. I know. Yeah, just, there you go. Have fun with that. <laughs> just... Jeez. Uh, and I, I gotta say, like with the uh, interactions with James, or is, it, is his name James? Yeah, uh, Adrian, James, who, who's played by Aldous Hodge. Oh, and, oh the uh, guy helping her. And Sydney, uh, who's played by Storm Reed. I mean, you could tell that they are super concerned from her, especially when they're you know talking to the older or the brother that precedes the guy that is quote-unquote dead i mean there's some hit hit it subtle notes like the dog being alive for two weeks straight in the big right. rich mansion yeah he's he's obviously alive another thing that was really subtle too that i don't know if oh, you guys noticed I, I didn't think about that yeah the dog, dog was alive like, how is it all? i thought about that for a while because he's been alive um oh, oh. <laughs> Do you guys remember when she goes into the room? I think this is before the sheet get like before he stands on it. If you notice the chair that's in the room has like a slight impression. Like he's yep. he's like sitting in the chair when they when they go yeah, into the exactly. room. Which is so fucked. And like uh he really like the most patient stalker I've ever seen. Like he waits so long before he finally says something to her. And like literally it, decides to be like surprise. <laughs> it's it's so good in suspense building. Like this movie, like after viewing this movie, the fact that it came out this year, and then the fact that it came out under quarantine and still, and still made, made as much it, money. still made money. Yeah. Because the thing well is, done. this came out in February of this year, I believe. And uh, can we get like a, a box op- office reading off of this? Uh, Let me get back to you on that. You guys keep talking. Got, it's probably gotten a lot of uploads and whatnot. I it got, but here's the, here's the thing: they put it on streaming. They put it on streaming eventually. Okay, so the budget was seven million. Yeah. Still, off, okay. This is what I'm saying. Lee Winnell taking small budgets, making some good profits. One hundred and twenty-five million dollars in the box office with quarantine going on. Dude, that's one hundred and twenty million in profit. Money, so. Like, I can imagine that the people who produce this are like swimming in cash and he's just gonna go back to them and be like can i make another movie and they're like fuck yes you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> like just go and make another movie that's gonna make us they're this still much money counting their money a year later <laughs> right it's like hey can you like yeah dude we're good yeah that's like great. fuck it go make something like this is i, I can't believe I it do this for another 10 years he's like yeah all right <laughs> i need <laughs> Sick. i need i need five million to make you 200 yeah okay. it's ridiculous all right, that's cool. i'm really curious nice. if he's ever gonna pass that like 10 million mark <laughs> He just walks I, in with the shades in the joint, just like, "Sup, I, make you- <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, after these two most recent films, I'm like really excited to see what he's gonna bring to the table. Yeah, for whatever is coming. Uh, I'm glad I now know about this director and yeah. uh, other work of his. I've seen Saw, and I love Saw. Like, yeah, Saw it's good. Classic, it's so yep. good. But um, he he yeah, honestly I, does I'm a really good acting like job in Saw. So he's doing such a good job. He's doing a great job so far on movies. Um, also, it should be noted that he did help write and slightly direct, uh, par- not paranormal activity, Insidious Chapter 3. So if you're okay. familiar with that movie, also worked on that one. Um, 
one of the one of the main things I want to talk about too is something we we touched on earlier, which was the idea of putting the horror film through the lens of her abusive relationship. And they did a really good part where her interaction with James becomes frustrating for him at some point where he's just like, you're acting like ridiculous. And it showed a really good parallel for how people might get frustrated. Like even people who care about you might get really frustrated with you because they, they don't know how to handle the anxiety and all the, the paranoia and the stress that might come with something like that. Mm-hmm. And they even decided to include that within the writing in a way that didn't seem intrusive to the story where it was like we're taking 10 minutes to do this it didn't sound preachy i don't I yeah don't exactly it, it wasn't very much yeah. like this is what would happen yep. this is natural yeah That's exactly yeah natural progression of emotion and uh feeling uh, yeah very, very I, cleverly I, done. it's it's super interesting because like cecilia's character is i mean from the outside in she's just going nuts after the death of her boyfriend uh, I do but like her transition, it, though. She goes from being a like a very, very vulnerable, uh, um, like kind of a not so strong character, and she's like kind of broken at the beginning, and then she gets like she can't even really go to the, tough. the mailbox. She gets so fucking tough by the end of the movie, and is like able to get her revenge as well. And so this is like this also doubles as a possibly showing someone's recovery but in such a different way because she kind of gets her revenge on him. I think like we should definitely go into that. Um, after we discuss the entire fucking catastrophe, that is the ward scene. Yo. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this, I'm glad you mentioned it because this in the, so there's two things that really bothered me about the movie. One was that the guy ran an optics company. It just seems a little too on the nose for, him to be a villain like that like oh he runs an optics company of course he's gonna figure out how to make himself invisible anyway besides that what the fuck are these guards in this stupid ward who can't figure out how to like (laughs) apprehend someone and then are convinced that it's her for a good while yeah it's like it's like stay on the ground stay on the ground they're pointing the gun at her while like people behind them are literally getting their ass handed to them by some invisible force it's so dumb yeah but uh, what are you what are you gonna do against that john you know, fight the invisible thing. Well, okay. So, <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna do? You see someone you're stand get there, and, and well, you're probably gonna stand there and gawk at it for a second. I'm like, gonna fucking fuck fire my gun what, instead of what, what the fuck they're doing. What, what invisible specter just threw my <laughs> friend through the wall over there? I did like and... the camera work in this scene, though. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, give it to upgrade for the gyroscopic. I thought it was fucking great. motion I, camera. I, yeah. Nope. This this was not a road bump for me in the movie. This was a great scene. Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, no. I'm being very overly analytical of the of that piece of film. I think I just find it somewhat unbelievable that they would all be so fucking useless. But like, you know, cops. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Uh, I love how he has like the one where he just slams the dude against the, the window and, and it falls on the floor with the dude's yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the one where like you see the, the gun shoot the guy's kneecap and punches him in the face. Oh, dude. God damn. Whoa, Super whoa, whoa. fun. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We have to talk about... Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> the, the bang. Okay, the bang. I, I just want to mention one amazing kill from fucking Upgrade. I just remembered. Okay. The, the, the skull splitting one. Where he yeah. takes the knife and Ooh, runs it through yeah. like the mouth of the guy and like splits his skull open like that. I, I don't know. It was just great. I, don't know, I love that shit. It was so good. 
I Every will. Was so good. I will say when the cop gets apprehended and he has his hands up and the gun's just floating there, and he goes, "Bang!" Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. the yeah, darkest so of comedy, just like <laughs> just to say "bang" to scare someone. He's like, "Bang!" <laughs> he didn't even say it loudly. He just like softly I, told him. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing: the manipulation between the brother and the other brother Yo. towards yeah. Cecilia. You're gonna have this baby. And if you do, you'll be out of here. Yeah, that's nuts. Just like, oh my god. He's like, also your birth control pills. Yeah, they never worked. They were placebos. Also, what a brilliant way to make her sort of like bulletproof, where like he wouldn't kill her because of that fact. So like mm-hmm. she almost gets the upper hand because she realizes that and like lures him in by attempting like quote unquote attempting suicide. And then, like, gets a few fucking stabs in on him. Like, that's great. Like, that was such a good way to draw him into her and then, like, fuck up his suit. Dude, it that was, was pretty... One of the best things ever was was was, wait, was that scene in general, how she, like, pulls him, gets him into... It was pretty tough watching, like, her trying to cut herself open with oh, a pen. Yeah, oh, I know. oh, God. Yeah. They did um, not the... make you feel comfortable watching that. Then the entire rain sequence outside was just nuts. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, after that, I mean, her entire... And then, like, how fucking crazy is that? The, the boyfriend's like, all right, if I can't kill you, then I'll kill the people who, who are right. in your life that you love. It should be noted that she does kill both of them. She kills the brother and she kills adrian at the end in such a yeah, like the most yeah, she satisfying the brother first without even knowing it's the most it's satisfying him. ending i've seen in a long time for any oh, yeah. film like i was like yes please kill this dude i want this dude dead because he because he's lying to her yeah dude. like like it they try to play it off as oh the brother took his suit and locked him in the basement bull fucking shit the guy is yeah. like a legend in optics you're yeah. gonna tell me that this guy didn't <laughs> fake his own death and put himself in the basement so it seems all hunky-dory so the real question is is she a final girl yes i, I think so right yeah, it fits I the bill so, yeah absolutely <laughs> so so yeah she's she's a fucking awesome final girl and i appreciate that she gets away she, she fucking she like slits his throat makes it look like it was him comes in and panics and calls the cops to make it seem more legit and then walks out with the suit but did anyone think that there was a second person in that scene i thought there was at first yes i thought oh shit she's she got someone wearing the suit while she comes out and looks all innocent i was like who the fuck's in the suit Uh, but then like she (laughs) she did it so seamlessly it was herself yeah it was so great she was like the perfect set up for him and then like he dies watching her knowing that like she did that and he can't do anything about it and then the really tense moment with james on whether or not he's gonna let her go because he knows that she just fucking killed him (laughs) and And the thing is like he's like you never really wanted this on tape did you yeah exactly i believe she did yeah i tried she she tried she she gave the dude a cup solid amount of chance she asked the question like four or five times yeah just tell me the truth and she would have done something else but he didn't want to tell her so she's like fuck it i want to kill this dude and 
fucking it was so i was like worried up until the fucking credits rolled i was like please don't let anything happen to this woman <laughs> at the end of this film and it, it ends up rolling and you're like thank god she actually like kills the dude gets away and it's a great ending to that movie i think she's free she, now yeah, i think if she had died it would have been it would have been just as effective but i would have been mad i would have been like this is ridiculous I- I don't think they were building towards her her death. Yeah, though. me I don't neither. Think she was destined to. I, at no point in that movie was I really like. I think this guy's going to kill her. Yeah. At one point, I was maybe more afraid until the whole baby right. bit of the plot gets changes. Into things, and I'm like, okay, he's not going to kill her. He's just torturing her at yeah, this point and exactly. being mean. He's just being a fucking. He's just being a psychopathic asshole. Yeah, you know he's I mean? crazy psychopathic yes. narcissist. Yes. Like the most ridiculous person. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't. I would say that I. I thought her death was evident. I. I kind of predicted the ending as well. I was nice. like, oh, she's gonna be in the suit at the end. And she well, when she when she hides the suit instead of like reporting it to someone, you kind of get the idea that she's gonna use. Yeah, it Yeah, that's point. definitely a good. Yeah, a good point. She's gonna use yeah. it on him. Yeah. Because uh, I was uh, curious I about that. His suicide and it's pretty wonderful. Yeah, because she makes sure that he's on camera while he does it as well. I thought he suicided. Well, he did it again. You right know, like, now, for sure though. <laughs> now for sure. For sure, it's him. Then. then, and the thing is, like, we gotta talk, not too much, but just like barely touch on like the comparison to the original Invisible Man. This is like the first serious take for the Invisible Man. The first one was more sci-fi, just like, hey guys, look, I'm fucking invisible. Yeah, let's go to the women's go to the women's locker room. Am I right, guys? Uh, there <laughs> was like... also there was also the movie called Hollow Man. Oh man, what a what a tragic late '90s movie. Yeah, that was in 2000, actually. <laughs> oh damn, I was close. August, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it did not do very well, but it was like also the it was like attempt and sort of like the invisible man scenario as well i guess who was in that one then there was hollow man 2 uh it was it kevin bacon is in i thought so i was like is that kevin bacon i'm pretty sure it is yeah kevin bacon elizabeth shoe josh brolin man you know we should watch even though it's not like invisible man kind of stuff you should watch a face off okay so I'll check it out. It's like <laughs> it's just 90s trash, but like it's so it's so entertaining because it's Nick Cage and uh fuck who else is in that movie? I can't remember right now. But like it's literally about them switching faces and then ruining each other's lives. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Uh but anyway, do you guys have any uh like final thoughts on either film? I think Lee Winnell is doing an acceptable job in Hollywood. The numbers won't lie to Hollywood either. Yeah, I'm man. really excited. We're getting into see. these really good indie uh, um, directors who are like making their mark on horror, and it is really cool that we're seeing like a really big resurgence of horror films that are both unique and like their original content in some ways. Where it's as like, well as like yeah. touching on stuff that wouldn't be touched. No. It's opening up different genres, different subgenres of horror that people wouldn't normally think of, and it gives us shit to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I w- I will say though, like um, I enjoy Upgrade for how fast paced yeah. and the editing in it. I think uh, the person who plays Gray does a great job. Invisible Man is a movie that I can't wait to show my mom just to make her fucking scared shitless. Oh, God. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck. I guess we should <laughs> say to some people, maybe a little bit of a content warning, because if you do have some sort of post-traumatic stress, this may not be a good movie for you to watch. 
because this ups the like stress factor like crazy. I don't have anything like that, and this made me very upset. <laughs> Yeah, it leaves you with that with that feeling. Yeah, for sure. it just it just depends. I don't know. You, I, I think that you'd have to test yourself out on it. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you feel you can always you can always turn it off. It's true. <laughs> you know, if you don't like it, it makes you upset. You know, always turn it off. It's okay. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mitch? Did you have any other final thoughts about these movies? Yeah. Dude fucking upgrade was so good i love the shit out of that i want my mom to see that movie my mom would love the shit out of that movie it's fucking great she'd love to see like she loves seeing heads get blown up and fucking crazy things like that uh mitch or murray did you guys have any other final thoughts about the film like what would you guys rate these you know what i really enjoyed <laughs> about both of these movies john what that they both uh tackled paranoia on different aspects that's true you know, when it comes to paranoia or who has access to your life, essentially, and then another aspect of who's watching you, who's following you, um, sort of, sort of idea to like malicious intent in both uh, directions. That's a good um, point. I, good I, point. I enjoy. I, I, yeah, I, I rather enjoyed both of these movies. To be quite honest, though, I, I. I don't know. I, I honestly think that Upgrade is very much worth watching. It's just it was overall a, an enjoyable movie. I thought it had a great plot to it, and uh, The Invisible Man was great. If you want something that's gonna, you know, if you actually want to feel kind of like spooked out and see some interesting filmmaking techniques and some some honestly some attempts at something a little bit different, I think you'll get a lot of uh, different uh, avant-garde looks at or, or attempts at things in these two movies. Right. So what what would you give them for a rating like one to ten? Oh, rating one to oh, me, all of us or me? You. I will say that upgrade to me is a solid uh, seven point five or an eight, and then Invisible Man I'm looking more towards an, a solid eight eight point three. What about you, Mitch? I would give both of these movies a nine. Oh, yeah. They were both pretty fucking good. I Fair. would, I'd give Upgrade like an eight point five, and then I'll actually give uh, uh, The Invisible Man like a nine point five, if not like a perfect ten, because it's just there wasn't a whole lot that was wrong with it. If anything, it's just really small details that are not going to take away from the story, and it's pretty well thought out, and I didn't really see any like loop like plot holes, where like. Yeah, something wouldn't work because of a certain something that someone did. Like it's just there's some movies where you're like, this is blatant. Like this this needs to be handled. But there was nothing in the movie that stood out to me where I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, hearing that, I might have to change my score then because <laughs> I I would probably give upgrade an eight point five and then on a, a solid nine for invisible man it's been a long time since i've been spooked right yeah it, it yeah. definitely makes you feel and uh yeah good job to movies that still scare you when you're an adult <laughs> and, good, jo yeah. good job to lee winnell dude yeah, he's doing good yeah. uh, well done um, pacing before before we do uh closing thoughts i just want to say um invisible man does deal with a good amount of uh, like a domestic or abusive relationship uh, if you were a loved one are quarantined with uh, such kind of fate, 
the number for the U.S. Uh, domestic violence hotline is going to be put in right here. It is 1-800-799-SAFE. Um, so, again, if you are in an abusive relationship or know someone who is quarantined uh, with an abusive uh, family member or lover, the number for the National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233 in the U.S. Uh, that's really good. And it should also be noted that if you call that line and start telling them things, they won't ask you really obvious questions where you have to answer a certain way. That you could just, they could, they'll ask you like yes or no questions and be like, uh, like, are you safe? Like, do you need to go somewhere else? And then they'll get you help really quickly. Good idea yeah. putting that in there, guys. Yep. <laughs> that's is, yeah. that is a really good that, idea. That, 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 no one even told me. That's straight up wholesome. Uh, <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Um, but All that right. is pretty much it. So before I let everybody go, uh, I want to remind everybody that we do have our Patreon that is live now. So you can go and find it at our website, which is um, bdtghpodcast.com. It'll be right on the main page next to the intro video. And you can link there to go and find special edition uh like uh, individual segments there's a new episode that came out today on wednesday from mer it's his first episode of monsters with mer uh can you tell us a little bit more about it mer uh basically with with this quarantine going down i'm surrounded by monster dvds in my room <laughs> and i've just been watching a good amount of them and i just talk about my general thoughts i get really shit-faced and i just talk about monster movies so if that, if you liked our Godzilla episode, our Shin Godzilla and uh, Terror of Mecha Godzilla episode, where I just go ham on everything giant monster or monster related, uh, that's definitely more up your alley, and I definitely recommend it. I'm gonna try to get more episodes out very soon, and like John said, uh, you could check them out on all the streaming sites as well as our Patreon. Yep, exactly. And we're also available on all the streaming sites, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. So the main ones are going to be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and iHeartRadio. And then you can find us on all of these social medias. So you can go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at BDTGH underscore podcast. And you can leave comments, questions, concerns. You can even email us and send us uh, some recommendations for films. We're going to try to put up more um, polls and inquiries to see what people really want to listen to. And we can add in a uh, fan episode sometime next month as well. But uh, thanks so much for coming out. Or thanks so much for joining me <laughs> on Discord to talk about these films. I hope everyone has a good night. I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you. Have a good night, folks. Peace. Good night, dog. <laughs>